welcome to this talk from Emmaus Road, a church with congregations in Guildford and Woking in the UK. To find out more about who we are and what we're up to, please visit us online at EmmausRoad.com. Well, Happy New Year, friends. Uh, I've been thinking a lot over the last few days of a quote from my absolute favourite poet, Alfred Lord Tennyson. I read a lot of Tennyson. Uh, and uh, he said at the start of actually one of his plays, hope smiles on the threshold of the year to come, whispering that it will be happier. Isn't that beautiful? Hope smiles on the threshold of the year to come, whispering that it will be happier. And that is my prayer, my hope for each one of you, that you will hear that whisper of hope, that smile, that sense that 2021, as we cross this threshold, is going to be happier. And uh, I, I don't think that has to be just something that we sort of you know, trust poetic sentiment uh, for. There are some objective reasons for believing that 2021 will be happier for most of us. And there are at least three. The first one is this. Uh, A Brexit deal has been done at the very last moment when many people said it was impossible. And, uh, you know, it may not be a great deal, but it's a deal. The second uh, objective reason that we uh, sense hope smiling at us uh, as we look at 21 is this. A vaccine was found in less than a year. And many people are actually calling that a miracle. Uh, Science journalist Robin McKee, uh, writing in The Guardian, says this. To go from the discovery of a deadly new virus to the creation of a tested vaccine that can block its effects in less than a year is unprecedented in scientific history. For some, it is simply, he says, a medical miracle. But the greatest reason for hope at the start of this new year, the one that is greater than all others, is this. Jesus reigns. He is alive. He is with us. He says to you, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. It's Jesus who's brought you through the storms of last year, every month, every week, every day, every moment at a time. Jesus has not let you down. Jesus will not let you down. He is the one who promises you his presence uh, this year. But of course, let's be honest, this isn't the new year that any of us hoped for. I'm still having to speak to you through a screen like this. I dearly wish that we could be together. And I doubt that you had the Christmas that you were hoping for. And you certainly weren't hoping for 2020 to work out the way that it did uh, this time last year, unless, of course, you're Jeff Bezos or a shareholder in Zoom. We all are enduring this pandemic and all the other crises around 2020, uh, it's like waves, isn't it? Uh, you'll have your own story for, for me right now. One of the things you may not know about Sammy and me is that uh, we have a family business. It's a care home for adults with learning disabilities. And we've been praying through 2020 that COVID wouldn't reach 
the home. It's inc incredibly vulnerable people. I worked uh, there for a year of my life, and uh, these, are these are as vulnerable as you can imagine, these people. And then in December, it happened. And um, we have 43 staff, 28 on site uh, there. Ten of them are now off with COVID. That's 400 man hours a week that suddenly we, we don't know how to film. And, uh, you, you, you know, my sister-in-law was, uh, who manages the business was helping somebody who'd fallen into a coma, one of the residents, and uh, she was holding him. She could feel his breath on her face. He's just been tested positive for, for COVID. It's just really serious. Uh, but I'm just so aware everyone's got a story. We're all immersed in this crisis together. And so when I talk about Jesus reigning and I talk about hope smiling, these are not trite sentiments. And uh, there's a Bible verse. You know, the word of God is such a rock at stormy times like this. There's a Bible verse that has been on my mind uh, for you, for Emmaus Road. And it's uh, Proverbs 13, verse 12. You may be familiar with this. King Solomon in his beautiful book of wisdom here says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. And the truth is we've all experienced hope deferred, wave upon wave of disappointment over the last nine months or so. How then do we avoid our hearts getting sick in such a context? How can 2021 become a tree of life in which our longings are fulfilled? And the answer is actually very clear. We must long for the right things this year. We must focus our hopes appropriately. We must set our expectations carefully and prayerfully at the start of this new year. We were just singing about this. We sang, through it all, my eyes are on you. It is well with my soul. It's well with my soul because my eyes are on Jesus. And so I want us to look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3 together. The writer of Hebrews says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. You notice that, how easily sin trips you up? And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We must fix our eyes resolutely, single-mindedly on Jesus this year. This way says the writer of Hebrews, we will not grow weary and we will not lose heart. Or maybe King Solomon might phrase it this way, your heart will not grow sick through uh, disappointments. If you put your hope 
this year in politicians, whether it's Boris or Keir Starmer, whether it's Biden or Trump. I'm afraid your heart will grow sick with disillusionment eventually. If you put your hope in a pain-free year in which kind of just you and your family somehow survive and we're okay, if you put your hope in a pain-free year, your heart will grow sick with disappointment this year. And if you put your hope in your own abilities, your heart will grow sick with discouragement this year. But if you fix your eyes on Jesus, if you put your hope in the Lord Jesus Christ in 2021, you will never be hopeless. Your disappointments will not last for long. You will grow and you will become fruitful, come what may, like that tree of life in the proverb. You will find that all your other longings are recontextualized and thus fulfilled. As it says in Psalm 37 verse 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Or as Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all this other stuff will be given to you as well. Came across a video uh, that illustrates this principle exquisitely and memorably. This is a video all about fixing our eyes that we might live with perseverance and hope. Take a look at this. It made it. The cub made it to the top. Oh my goodness. My heart was in my mouth. That little bear cub is completely and utterly determined. He's totally focused on his mum. Nothing else matters than following in her footsteps and reaching her side. He is knocked down, knocked back again and again. I'm sure that's how 2020 feels for many of us. But he refuses to give up. Maybe at the start of this year, you feel that you've slipped backwards. Maybe you feel you've slipped backwards in your faith. Maybe you feel you've slipped backwards in certain important relationships. It's been hard, hasn't it, to maintain friendships. Maybe you've slipped backwards in an area of perennial struggle. Maybe you, if you're honest, are so exhausted, you almost just feel like rolling over and giving up. You don't know if you've got the strength for another year like that. Your hopes have been deferred or even dashed again and again. And the writer of Hebrews says to you, fix your eyes on Jesus and that will give you strength. Fix your hopes appropriately and you will not become hopeless. Consider the things that Jesus overcame so that you will not lose heart. And that's why today we're launching a new teaching series, uh, which is going to help us at the start of this year to fix our eyes and anchor our hopes in Jesus Christ. At the start of this year, we are going to explore 
eight particular invitations from Jesus to every single one of us where he says, come to me, come and and rest, come and be my witnesses, come and dine with me, and so on. And so today I'm going to, uh, with just what remains of this talk, focus on Mark chapter 3, verses 13 to 15, where Jesus invites us to come and be with him. There couldn't be a better way of starting the year. So this is Mark 3, 13 to 15. Jesus went up on a mountainside and he called to him those he wanted. And they came to him. He appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and have authority to drive out demons. The primary call of Christ to his disciples here, notice, is proximity and friendship. We read here, verse 13, Jesus calls to him those he wanted. And then verse 14, he appoints them that they might be with him. And only secondly, that he might send them out to do all kinds of cool stuff. Listen, the reason you're watching this now is that Jesus Christ has called you. I don't think you'd be watching a church service if there wasn't something of his spirit within you drawing you. If you wouldn't even call yourself a Christian, there's something fascinating to you. I believe that is the invitation of Jesus. Maybe you've been a Christian for years. You're called by Christ. I think it's quite easy to think Jesus calls me because he's got a job for me to do. He wants to use me in some way. But this passage reminds us that before Jesus calls us to do anything, he calls us to be something, to be his friend. Jesus did not primarily choose you to use you. Yes, he has great plans for your life. Yes, he wants to use you in remarkable ways. But this is not his priority. His primary call on your life this year is friendship. His primary desire is not to send you, but to befriend you. That's how the 24-7 prayer movement began. We, We weren't trying to start an international organization or a global movement. We just sense this invitation to intimacy with Jesus. That's why we kept going to that prayer room. We we just wanted to know Jesus better. He was calling us to be with him. And out of that, everything else, else happens. Remember, I said earlier, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus longs for our friendship even more than we may long for his. One of my favorite verses in the whole Bible talks about this. 1 Samuel 12 verse 22 says, The Lord was pleased to make you his own. Isn't that great? The Lord was pleased to make you his own. You're not his last choice, you're his first choice. I don't know about you, at school I wasn't very good at sport and I used to hate that bit where they lined you up to pick teams because I was quite often the last or the second last to be chosen. There was a sense of, yes, I've been chosen, but really only as kind of the one who had to be chosen. You know, I'm kind of scraping the barrel. 
And maybe you feel like that as a Christian. He had to choose me, but I'm kind of scraping the barrel. I'm not really the good Christian. But this verse says, Jesus has chosen you because he wants you and he wants to be your friend. He doesn't regret choosing you. You are not his last choice. He isn't disappointed or disapproving when he looks at you. He sees you with deep approval, love and affection. I remember speaking on this verse once uh, at a large event called Spring Harvest. There were several thousand people in this big uh, tent and I was trying to expound 1 Samuel 12, 22, the Lord uh, was pleased to make you his own. And at the end of my talk, I invited people who felt that that wasn't the case, who felt that they were a disappointment to God to stand. And I suppose I thought one or two people might, and I was quite surprised when hundreds of people stood and said, yeah, I I feel I'm Jesus' last choice. I, I feel like I must be a disappointment to him. And then I heard myself saying something that, as I was saying it, I regret it. Uh, I, I said, those of us who are still sitting down, why don't we try and express the affirmation and affection of God towards these people who are standing by just having a round of applause? And as I did it, I thought, this is so cheesy, this is forced, this is weird, like a bunch of people clapping, people who feel that they're a disappointment to God. But it's too late, it happened. And so this round of applause filled the tent. At the end, a man came to see me in tears. He wasn't just crying a little bit, he was actually sobbing. His name's Lawrence. He's given my permission to share this. And Lawrence said to me that he felt such a disappointment to God. He felt such a failure that the day before, in fact the night before, he had said to God, I just don't think I can do this anymore. I need you to show me if you really still believe in me. And what I'm asking you to do, Lord, is this. He said, would you send just one person in the next 24 hours to uh, just encourage me in some way? He said, if, if that happens, then I'll take that as a word from you that you still believe in me. Because he, he felt it failed so unforgivably in a particular way. Maybe you feel like that as you look at this new year. You you feel, I've slidden backwards so far. Uh, I feel such a disappointment, such a failure. And Lawrence said to me he felt like he was giving God good odds because he wasn't at sort of like a Star Trek convention or something. He was at a massive Christian conference. So the chances of one person saying something vaguely encouraging to him in 24 hours, he thought was pretty easy. But he had come to the meeting that night at the 23rd hour, and not a single person in 24 hours had encouraged him in any way at all. He knew he didn't come. But then when I stood up and started to speak from 1 Samuel and said, you know, the Lord is pleased that he chose you, this man thought, okay, maybe this is the word of encouragement from God. And so he stood at the end. And then he said, at that moment, when the applause just filled the tent, he said, I broke down in uncontrollable sobbing because I suddenly realized that I had asked God to send one person to encourage me once in 24 hours 
And God had sent 3,000 people to applaud me publicly at the 23rd hour. That is the heart of God towards each one of us, I believe. And of course, we all need moments like that, don't we? When we realize that he truly loves us and desires friendship. And we're reminded that our primary calling is not to do, but to be. Is not to serve, but to be his friend. But notice that amazing moment for Lawrence wasn't just automatic. He actually had to be highly intentional. First, he acknowledged to God the state of his own heart. Secondly, he prayed this very specific prayer to God saying, can you send someone? And, and by the way, it wasn't like a crazy prayer. It wasn't like, unless I wake up painted green and with a jet ski at the end of my bed tomorrow. I will, you know, it was like, God, I, I really want this to happen. And then he actually came to the meeting when his own disappointment could have stopped him coming. And then he stood and responded. So that's a whole bunch of intentional steps that enabled him to receive this miraculous moment of affirmation. That was when he received his miracle. In Mark chapter 3, we see that. The Lord Jesus Christ has prayed all night. He's got 12 names of people he wants that he is choosing. And yet it says... He, he called them up the mountain to his side. So you can be chosen by Jesus, but you still have to climb the mountain and go to his side. It's intentional. I believe that Jesus Christ is calling you to his side this year. But there's a mountain for you to climb, like that little bear going up the side of that snowy slope. There is a response required that, as it were, opens our hands to receive the love and the affection of God. I believe God has assigned 2021 to be a year in which you go deeper than ever before in your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what God wants for your life and it is the hope that will not disappoint you. How does that happen? Well, it requires more than just feeling stirred by watching a cute video of a bear climbing a snowy uh, uh, mountain. It requires more than just a, a motivational quote from Alfred Lord Tennyson and a story about a man called Lawrence crying. It requires of each one of us that we posture ourselves to respond and to receive. And it may well feel at times as difficult as it felt for Lawrence to go to that meeting and stand. It may well feel as difficult as it does for that little bear cub to climb the side of that mountain. I wonder what it might look like for you. Can I encourage you this year, if you don't already, to develop a new discipline of daily Bible study and prayer? It's one of the ways we receive and grow in our friendship with the Lord Jesus. And we have such a, a great advantage in Emmaus because the Lectio 365 app is created 
by many members of this church. You'll hear Isway, you'll uh, hear Jill Webber, you'll even sometimes hear uh, me, I'm afraid. But, but this is a Bible prayer resource that's free that you can use every day. I received an email yesterday from a man in America who said in 50 years of marriage, this app is the first time that I've found a discipline that my wife and I can do together every day, and we, have, we don't miss a day. And, and, and so this is a resource that can help you this year, just 10 minutes a day. And, uh, you know, uh, if you want to go a little bit deeper, I'd really encourage you to use the Bible in One Year app from Nikki and Pippa Gumbel. I love that app. Uh, I've used it for many years. Nikki and Pippa are dear friends. There's such wisdom. And again, it's a free resource that will lead you through the Bible this year. One of the things I did over Christmas was built myself a new worship playlist. I had real fun choosing my absolute favorite worship songs and sometimes it was like I love this song but I wonder who's done the best rendition of it and and I've got this I love this 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 worship album and one or two of the songs aren't even by Christians but I use them as worship tracks and uh, I'm making a a point of using that playlist more than my other playlists at the moment I was listening to it this morning on the way uh, here can I really encourage you to take up the discipline of reading Christian books? And if you say to me, well, I don't read, get audio books. There are ways around these things. But please, I, I cannot tell you how important in my own spiritual development reading uh, Christian books, especially biographies of, of other Christians, has been. And sometimes I think we play that down a, a bit. It is vital. I started rereading a book by Lauren Cunningham uh, called Is That Really You, Lord? Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and it's just ministering to my heart. So I want to encourage you. This is one of the ways you can fix your eyes on Jesus this year. Maybe find a prayer partner that you can go with on a socially distanced walk with on a regular basis. Maybe this is the year to ask uh, for help in an area where you are struggling. We started by saying hope smiles on the threshold of the year to come whispering that it will be happier. And I've said that the key to a happier year is to set your hopes on Jesus Christ, to fix your eyes on him, like that bear cub on her mother. Uh, Christ is calling you to intimacy. How will you respond? He's so pleased that you're his own. How will you respond? Well, in just a moment, we are going to respond by taking communion together. There couldn't be a better way, actually, of doing so. There couldn't be a better way of beginning the year, putting the old behind and stepping into the new with forgiveness and a fresh start and pushing into our relationship with God than taking communion. So you may want to, if you haven't already got it, got, get some bread and wine right now, an equivalent of wine, uh, if so. But let's just finish by praying together. Lord Jesus, we think of that little bear cub not back again and again, but utterly focused on her mother. And we pray, Lord, that you will help us to fix our eyes on you this year, to put our hope in you this year. 
Lord, where we have endured wave upon wave of disappointment, we ask that you would renew hope, that where our hearts may be a little sick from hope deferred, would you heal us and restore hope to us at the start of this year. Jesus, we love you. We're so grateful that you love us, that you call us to friendship, that you have chosen us, and that you are pleased that you made us your own. We respond by saying, Lord, we love you too. Help us to grow in our friendship with you this year. Amen.